You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello and welcome to Garibaldi Red, the Nottingham Forest podcast from Nottinghamshire Live. My name is Matt Davis, hosting as usual, and I'm joined today by our Reds correspondent, Sarah Clapson. First of all, Sarah, hello, how are you? Hello, I'm good. How are you? Yes, good, thank you. Good. And also by Reds fan and co-founder of Forza Garibaldi, returning to the podcast, Greg Mitchell. Greg, good afternoon. Are you well? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good to be back. Feels like it's getting close now. So. Yes, well, pre-season has begun uh, with a couple of games, a couple of 2 nil wins against Port Vale and Northampton. Sarah, you were in attendance at both games. You probably can't read too much into pre-season, especially early on, but what did you make of what you, you saw at the weekend and last night? Don't we always read too much into pre-season? Isn't that how it goes? (laughs) We wouldn't have a job otherwise. Yeah, three wins. Let's read way too much into it. What what did you make of it? (laughs) I think the the first two, or uh, other than the Alverton game, the two that I've seen, it's been decent. Um, It's been typical kind of pre-season games, really. Last night, there wasn't a great deal of tempo about it in the first half. It was quite a a bit of a, a grind, really. But Forrest hit their stride a bit after the break. They looked a little bit better, a bit brighter, um, got a few more passes going, um, scored a, a couple of good goals. I think there's been some really good individual performances in, in the last two games. Um, uh, perhaps more more than, a, more than um, collectively. I think individually there's a few players that have stood out, but it's all about getting minutes under the belt, isn't it, at the minute and building up fitness. There's a few players that are, still a bit rusty. Um, Chris Uton has swapped the squad around a bit. There's been different starting 11s. There's been a lot of changes, a lot of young players given an opportunity. Um, some of them have done really well um, and that experience can only be beneficial for them. Um, so I think it's been decent. Um, the, it's all about building up to that first game of the season and making sure that Forest are in the, the right place um, come next month. So who has stood out for you then? Maybe a few names that people might not have expected as well in there. Yeah, I think so. Ryan Yates has. I thought he did really well last night um, and he did on Saturday as well at Port Vale. He's looked like he's really improved his passing over the summer. It seems to be something that he's particularly worked on. He was spraying balls about left, right and centre last night. Um, He just seems more confident, more composed on the ball and he, He's obviously going to play a key part because he's been involved very heavily in these um, in these friendlies with different midfield partners. So he's clearly somebody that Chris Hutton wants to make a key part of his side um, going forward. So he's done well. Um, Baba Fernandez has looked really good when he's played Saturday against Port Vale. Um, he started. It was a really young back line, but. He looked very good. He looked a, a lot older than his years. He just looked so cool and, and comfortable, good in possession. He, he's quite happy to bring the ball out and get forward and get Forrest moving. Um, he came off the bench last night and again did very well. Tyrese Fauna, when he's come on, he's looked very steady. He's really imposed himself in midfield. I think it's there's a lot of the younger players that have really stood out and maybe not put themselves in... Um, in the mind of the manager for a start in 11 for the season, but they've certainly shown that there's talent there and there's players that maybe even not this season, but in the future to call upon. Uh, that's one for you, Sarah, because Greg's sitting there like a lemon. I am conscious of it. I don't want to leave him hanging too long. I'm fine. 
<laughs> uh, unless you've seen much of Baba Fernandez, Greg, have you seen anything of him yet? No, right, not yet. No, right, Sarah then. <laughs> uh, we did have a question from Richard Otway about Baba Fernandez, so let's stick with him. Um, uh, he arrived at Forest with pretty limited fanfare late last mm. year, playing the 23s from, I think he played for Vitoria Setubal, if I'm saying that right, in Portugal. He played in the first team as a Portuguese youth international. If Forrest were to go, lose Worrell or one of the main defenders is injured, do you think he might be first team ready? There does seem to be question marks about what Chris Hewton thinks about lower Kembe so based on what we saw last season. So where might Fernandes rank in the pecking order already? He's somebody that the club rate really highly. Whether he's ready for that step up, I'm not so sure. I think he needs a loan spell. I think at the minute he looks like he's going to be too good for the 23s to, to give him that opportunity. I think he needs to go out on loan, get some proper experience under his belt and um, really build up some minutes that way. But he's certainly put himself in contention. He's looked really good. He hasn't looked out of place at all. Um, he's, he's pretty vocal. He'll direct people about. He's um, He just kind of makes himself heard and he's been very solid he's not given a lot away um it's such a big step up though as as much as he's done well in these friendlies to then make the jump into senior football in the first team in the championship it is quite a leap um so I, I think I'd be tempted to see if there's a possibility of getting him a loan deal this season and and just see where he goes from there really give him that chance and and then assess where he is uh, so we're recording this live on Facebook. So if you're watching it live, do feel free to drop comments and questions in and we'll take a couple as we go along. Greg, a few names that always divide opinion are featured heavily in pre-season. Sarah mentioned Ryan Yates has done well. Uh, Jao Carvalho has been quite, Jao Carvalho by the he's been quite bright, but also a bit hit and miss and why I saw the Port Vale game. Where do you stand on those two? Because there doesn't seem to be any middle ground with fans on either of them, does there? What, what, what are your thoughts on them heading into next season? I'm just quite the optimist, so I'm delighted to hear Yates has started well. And, you know, people will write him off before a game of pre-season, like every season, and it'll be the same next season and the season after. So, you know, he's a really good, solid English midfielder that plays in a position that shouldn't be spoken about that often because they just get their head down and do the job. Um I haven't seen the pre-season games yet. The first one I'm going to is Burnley. But if he's if he's playing, you know, a lot of those minutes and playing well, then just give him a chance. Get off his back, half the fans. Uh, Carvalho, I read that he was um, he was like sitting back a bit more and playing a bit deeper. So it'd be nice if not all the pressure on him to be the next Messiah as well. And he's just a solid player for us. Uh, this time last year, I never expected to see him in a forest shirt again. So, personally, delighted. And it's great to hear about these these young lads and how well they're playing as well. And then to hit what they should probably go off on loan. That's a bit of a kicker. But, you know, it's exciting. And again, we just seem to get these players through. And as fans, you know, we are always seem to be underappreciating a little bit, which is a, never a good thing. What have you made of Carvalho, Sarah, in the two games? You see, I, I saw one, you've seen both. What, what's he actually done in them? <laughs> Typical Carvalho, I think. He's he's great. He, he has some really good touches and he has these brilliant moments where he makes things happen and he'll drive at the defence and he'll play this amazing pass and you'll think, oh, fantastic, he's wonderful. And then he'll 
he just doesn't do the basics particularly well sometimes and I think if you're a Chris Hewton player you need to make sure you get that side of your game right um, and particularly like Greg mentioned about being a bit deeper and tracking back a little bit that's something the manager places a huge emphasis on making sure as a unit Forrester are solid Um he hasn't, I, I think it, his, his strengths are going forward. His strengths are making things happen, creating things, trying to score goals. He nearly scored last night. Um, defensively, that's that's not really his game. It's going to have to be something that he works on in the summer if he's going to play a, a part for Hewton, I think. But he's done okay. He's, he's been typical Carvalho, really. I think it's so difficult to make up your mind whether he can be a big player next season because there's two sides to his game and it's whether one balances out the other. Do you, do you take the the good things and just say, well, okay, it doesn't matter so much if he makes if he messes up a pass or he, he is a bit sloppy in possession. If he can play this defence splitting ball, does that make up for it? I guess that's the that's the call that the manager's got to make. One other thing, Sarah. Um the fullbacks we were gonna I was gonna ask you about. Um Jaden Richardson is playing left back at the moment, uh with Gabriel on the on the right. Is that an area of weakness having two young fullbacks, do you think, or have they actually done okay? I'm not sure it's it's specifically a weakness because it's the two young players. I think it's just that there's no options really. Forrest started the summer with I think it was four left backs they had. Now they're they're down to well, Tyler Blackett. Obviously, is the the sole senior option really. Um, Jaden Richardson has done okay. I thought he, he he didn't look quite as settled there last night, but um, it's a, it's a difficult position, um, particularly for him. Um, Jordan Gabriel, I think, has done well in his two games. He's looked really good going forward. He's offered an attacking outlet, maybe a little bit um, sloppy with some of his passing, but defensively generally okay and, and gets forward well there's just no there's just not really any options that it's an area that Forest do need to strengthen I think because you look at you look at the choice there and th- there just isn't a lot there isn't the strength in depth there isn't really too many options for Chris Hewton to choose from at the minute so what's the deal with Gabriel then Sarah I saw you did a piece early today that Blackpool have actually lodged a formal bid. There's a question from Will Hobson here about Sunderland being the latest team on the list, saying it will be short-sighted of Forest to sell. What's happening with Gabriel as it stands? Yeah, I think it's he's got a lot of interest. Blackpool want him back um, because he had a really good loan spell there last year. He played a big role for them and they want to sign him permanently. Sunderland are interested too. Portsmouth as well. Um Blackpool have made the first move in the sense that they've put a bid in. From what we understand, it's not quite at the same valuation as as what Forrest see in him. But Forrest, every summer, do tend to make a sale. Usually it's a big sale. Um, so I think it's one to keep an eye on and wait and see. He, The suggestion at the, the beginning of the summer was that he'd be given a chance by Chris Hewton um, to impress, to stake a claim for his spot. But if somebody comes and, and puts money on the table, then that can change things. Then Forrest have a decision to make um, and, and see where he goes. But if he goes, then they haven't got any right backs. Um, Cyrus Christie's obviously 
gone back to Fulham. Carl Jenkinson is out of favour and he's one of the players that would be free to move on this summer. So unless there's a big U-turn there, that would leave Forrest very short. So if um, Jordan Gabriel is going to go, then they would need to make sure they have somebody ready to come in. Uh, John Michael White says, hearing Forrest have a left-back problems like putting on a comfy pair of shoes, it is actually <laughs> nice nostalgia the, the good old days when we were scrambling around to try and get Nicky Shaw in on loan desperately or something <laughs> like that. Or, yeah, uh, when we had some really rough left-backs. I was going to name some then, but that's not really fair. Um, all these conversations hinge on transfers, all the questions about transfers and everything Forrest do probably now depends on how uh, they've got a CEO in, in Dane Murphy. Um Greg, you're you know you're not close to the owners, but you've had meetings with them. You probably know them a bit more than other fans. What do you make of the appointment of Murphy? Does it is it an exciting one for the club? Do you think it's an exciting one and it's a sensible one because they've looked at they've clearly looked at what he's done down the road at Barnsley and said you know they're not after experience. It looks like they're after the right person and he fits what they're about and. I like what he's, he's, I thought his interview was superb. I never realised he used to be a footballer himself and that's quite a rarity in that position. Um, he said the right things. He said everything you'd hoped he would have said. Um, I think we're going to start recruiting a lot of younger players, aren't we? We're not going to have these journeymen that have happened years previous and that's exciting for me. Uh, and hopefully he's here for a few years and it's not just a stepping stone for him like Barnsley was because... You know, it's starting to... I've always moaned that behind the scenes under previous regimes, and maybe this one, I don't know if that's a bit unfair, but there's there's never seemed to have been enough people behind the scenes to make a club of our stature move forward. And having this appointment, I think, is more important than players, especially at the beginning of of pre-season. I just think it's all round good. It's all round positive. Let's talk about outs before we talk about in Sarah, because everyone's commenting on Joe Worrell and worried about Brennan Johnson. Um, there was talk at the weekend that Worrell was off to Brentford, and that's something that you've said before about them being interested. The longer they're here, the more likely they stay, which is an obvious thing to say. But you know what I mean? The closer to the window, other clubs are going to find other targets. What, what do you think is happening with them? Do you still get the feeling one of them might go or not? I think... I'd be surprised if somebody doesn't go. Um, it, it just to balance the books, and because that that's just generally how things have operated. Pretty much every summer, Forest have made at least one big sale um, to help get some money and to help fund more signings. Um, for, for his part, Chris Hutton did say last night that he wasn't expecting anybody to leave at the minute. Um, again, that can change. There's still a long way to run in the transfer window yet. So I think there, there probably will be. Um, it, it's just a question of, of, of who and who puts money on the table and how much. Um, ideally, you, you, if you're Forest, you want to keep those players, you want to keep that squad together because... Those players are, are so important. Your Warrells, your Johnsons, even Jordan Gabriel, because he's shown good potential. Um, you don't want to be letting them go. There's always that that sense when we've seen it in the past. Players like like Matty Cash go and Arvin Apaya, Ben, ben Brereton, Oliver Burke. You don't get to see the best of them because they're young players that have gone early in their career, and you, you just kind of wish they'd been given a bit more opportunity to develop. At, at, at Forest, but 
when clubs come in and put money on the table, it, it is difficult to say no. How would you feel, Greg, if one, or it's probably unlikely both go, but how would you feel, say, if Joe or, or Brennan does go? Uh, I'd be gutted because we've never seen Johnson in his current form. Um, if we were signing him from a League One club like he played last year, we'd be so excited. So he, he's a new signing for us, really. Uh, Joe Worrell should be club captain. And I know that's probably all Forrest can really offer him other than a, a bit of a better contract, I don't know. But it's going to be so hard when he is being linked with Premier League teams. But it's clear he does love this city from when he was at Rangers and he was doing interviews saying he just wanted to come back to Forest. So, I don't know. It's the, the blind Forest fan in me saying maybe he wants to stay, but when this Premier League club's knocking on the door, it's going to be so hard. And it's probably the, the first big test of the CEO to see, one, if we can keep him or if we don't keep him, we get some big, big money which can set us up for the season. What kind of players would you like to see them sign then, Greg? If, if let's say Joe sold for ten million and or twelve million, the manager gets five million of it to spend. What kind of player would you like to see brought in? We need a central defender, obviously, who could p- potentially be a captain and another striker because you know the strikers possibly didn't have the service last year, but they they'd admit themselves they didn't really perform. They didn't get the goals that are required. So I think we take maybe take the captaincy um, away and hopefully give that to a defender. Like I say, I've always thought it should be someone at the back and let players like Graben concentrate just on scoring. But also, like we have with the, the goalkeeper, give him some competition, give him some serious competition. Maybe one of these young strikers from lower leagues, get them in. Peterborough have usually got a few for us, so see what they've got. And uh, go from there. But I do think if we sell him, it's got to be double figures and we've got to be able to get two decent players to replace him. What have you made, Sarah, of Nuno da Costa? He was, you know, out in exile um, not that long ago. He played against Port Vale and he looked all right. But like I said at the start, you always have to qualify this, don't you? It's the first game of pre-season. It's nothing like a championship game. I mean... Is there a route back for De Costa or do you think he's just filling minutes until they can maybe get someone in? I think Chris Hewton's clearly having a good look at him, the same as he is with, with Carvalho. He's given him the opportunity. He's, he's given him the chance to catch his eye. Um, he's done OK. He doesn't look like being a prolific goal scorer, but he offers something a bit different. He's quite lively. He's got a little bit more pace about him than perhaps um, Lyle Taylor or Lewis Graben. He can be a little bit flexible in the sense that he has played out wide, um, albeit I think he's looked better when he's played more as a striker. Um, his link-up plays good. He generally tries to be quite busy in and around the box. It's just that if he can get a goal at the right end of the pitch, I think he'd be he'd, he'd give him a massive confidence boost. It's just getting him going. And these friendlies, he hasn't really looked like finding the back of the net particularly um he's trying I, I guess if he isn't going to be the main forward if you can find a different kind of role for him maybe coming off the bench and trying to create something um I don't know I mean a, a few months ago a bit similar to Car- Carvalho really I would have said there was no way back for him but Chris Hewton's very fair he'll give players a chance he'll have a proper look at them and he, he obviously wants to make his own decision about him 
rather than rely on past experiences or, or what he's heard about players, he'll give them the opportunity to show what they can do. Um, I think if there was the opportunity perhaps for him to move on, maybe Forrest would look at it, but I don't know, it's a difficult one. Yeah, like you say, maybe non-scoring strikers don't tend to be good strikers. He doesn't look like he's got mm. a natural goal-scoring instinct, but maybe he's got other aspects to his game. Um, what's happening with the Croatian striker, Sarah? I'm going to punt to you and let you name him. Um, oh, thanks. <laughs> Forrest, Forrest wanted him on loan by the sound of it. You can tell me more. Um, but there's reports today from the Croatian media that he, he's not keen on coming to Nottingham outrageously. I know, yeah. Um, I don't know what he's thinking there. I'm going to try and say Kulinovic. I think. I think that's how you say it. Um, it, it. It does sound like that one perhaps has um, has gone quiet because reports in Croatia are suggesting that he doesn't want to make the move. Um, and I guess if if that's the case, if the if a player makes a decision like that, you you probably be difficult to change his mind unless you suddenly put a lot of money on the table. Um, but Forest have got they've got plenty of strikers that they're looking at. They won't just put all their eggs in one basket. I know it's frustrating that we haven't seen anybody come in yet. Um, it doesn't feel like anything is particularly close at the moment. Um, but there is work going on. That They are busy trying to do things in the background. And I think the fact that now we've got Dane Murphy in and that's made that's been made official, I'm sure in the next few weeks, things will start to pick up and we'll start to be a bit, get, um, a bit more business done. Uh, let's ask you about a couple of other names quickly, Sarah, while you're there. Um, Zink and Agel and Jack Clark were the two wingers who were mentioned. I guess it's hard to put deals through, isn't it? Because clubs are like we're talking about De Costa and Carvalho, looking at players, making their own decisions on players. It, it puts Forrest on a bit, of a bit of a back foot there, doesn't it, when they're trying to get these deals over the line? Yeah, exactly. Same with James Garner as well. Um, Manchester United are having a look at him as clubs are entitled to do when it's their players you're kind of in that you know that's that's where you stand if if you're looking at loan players which is something that Forest again will rely on next season you ha- you know you're, you're waiting for clubs to make a decision and and say whether those players can leave or not um they are players that, that Forest are looking at that they'd be keen to get in but it, there's that domino effect isn't there clubs will have a look they'll wait to see what deals they get done and it's probably a bit further down the line when those decisions are made which isn't always ideal um if you're Chris Uton you want your squad in as quickly as possible and you want everybody involved in pre-season and um the opportunity to really work with them for a, a good length of time but there's a lot of clubs in the same boat it's not just Forest so it's difficult. I think the emphasis is on making sure that Forest make the right signings rather than any kind of panic buying or just doing deals for the sake of it. They want to make sure they get the business right. I think everybody's well aware it's it's a big summer. Um, so there is an element of being patient because of that. But it's how long do you leave it? It's, it's how long do you say, well... We've waited long enough. We can't afford to, to wait any longer for this decision to be made. We need to look elsewhere and concentrate on somebody else, move on, um, because you, it's such a fine balance. You can't wait too long and then be left stuck because you haven't got anybody in. Yeah, I saw Solskjaer's interview after they played Derby at the weekend. He said there'll be uh, fewer and fewer appearances to kids because they've had players who are at the Euros, aren't they? And that's probably going to affect teams who have got young players who are coming back. Um 
senior players who are coming back and they're kind of building the squads with with young players like that. The winger, um, Tahith Chong, who's gone to Birmingham on loan, he's playing for Man United still because they're short players. So I think patience is going to be required. But as I say that, Greg, are you worried or not? There's a lot of people who are kind of a bit worried in the comments section uh, as we record this with only one player come through the door. From a fan's point of view, are you concerned, Greg? No, because it's just the way it is. No clubs are signing anyone at the minute. Mm. It's I've never known a pre-season so quiet. Um, like I say, we've been concentrating on the backroom staff and the players will come. It's not like we've only got 13 first-team players like them down the road or whatever it is. <laughs> we've, we've got a squad. Um, we just need to strengthen it and we will do and there's plenty of time to do that with loanies, with we always buy a player, we will buy players, I'm certain. But you've just got to look at the other clubs. Nobody's doing anything at the minute. So I'm not concerned at all. How do you view the Championship next season, Greg? Because I wrote a piece about Murphy's interview, I think I mentioned it, that it feels like a season of opportunity. The clubs that are coming down have, the, have this big advantage with parachute payments, I don't think particularly fair but beyond that there's an opening because even clubs like Swansea I see Steve Cooper's going it sounds like they've got problems so do you feel like there's a chance for Forrest to do something this season even with a bit of late business still? Yeah definitely I'm I'm always the optimist when it comes to pre-season and Forrest and I'll always say I think we're going to go up but you you know realistically this year there's some weakened teams in our league Um, we had a poor season last season but things will change. And I think that all we've got to do is start well. We've got a brilliant opportunity going down to Coventry. Uh, we could we could clearly get something there and we start well and it sets you up for the, for the long, long season. Uh, so I think we've got a great chance, like every other team. You've only got to look at Barnsley. Barnsley would have been everyone's favourites to go down last year. They get a good start, they go on a run and it can be anyone. So I think we've just got to... I think... Forest missed fans more than most clubs, and I genuinely believe that. And getting fans back in, starting next season, the buzz around the place, I think a great, a good start will be great for Forest. What was it like in Northampton, Sarah? I think it was nine hundred Forest fans there. It's a, it's a smaller ground, but could you feel that kind of atmosphere? Uh, it was amazing. Honestly, it was amazing. It was so good. I'm not, you realise how much you missed the fans last year in behind closed doors games but to have them back it just made such a huge difference it was absolutely brilliant they, I mean there was just over 900 Forest fans there but there might have been 9,000 they were that loud and they just kept singing all game it was just a bit of a buzz and a bit of an energy that you, you just don't have when you're playing to empty stadiums it it was absolutely brilliant um, and genuinely can't wait for the first game back at the city ground with a full crowd even the Burnley game back at the city ground will be absolutely brilliant but a proper league game with the stands full will just be amazing Um, and I'm sure the players feel it as well you could you can just sense that it gives them a a bit of an extra lift I mean the, the fans were they were doing all the individual chants last night chanting at Joe Worrell and Jordan Smith to give them a wave seeing Carvalho's name, seeing Joe Lolly's name, Alex Martin's name. And if you're those Forest players, that's got to give you a huge lift. You're going to... I'm not saying that they didn't play to their um, to their best anyway, but it'll just give you that extra little incentive and that extra little 1%. And that makes a big difference. I'm sure it'll help um, next season having the fans back. 
how are you feeling about going back, Greg? I'm not going to ask you to spoil Forza Garibaldi's plans live on, on as we do this now, but it must be exciting for you individually and, and for the group because of what you do with all the banners and everything at the club. Yeah, I can't wait. I didn't think it would happen. I really didn't. Uh, like At the end of last season, I thought, no, it's not going to happen, not going to happen. And then to be told even more so that away fans could potentially be coming and we could be going to their places. I think that's huge. That's what it's all about. Um, I can't wait. I'm almost a little bit like I'm going to the Burnley game and I almost don't want to go to it because I want that first time to be like when it's fallen, when it means something. But um, yeah, I just can't wait. Can't can't imagine it. Hearing what Sarah just said about the fans last night really just puts a massive smile on your face. Um, it's It takes me back to when uh, Psycho... Start, started and we played terrible was that against Blackpool and we Blackpool, somehow managed yeah. to get that win and, and I thought at the time God was that just because of that crowd and the way when he came out there I think it's going to be similar scenes uh, that first home game What have you missed most? Is it something that you might not have thought you would miss in a sense? Is there anything specific that you've missed from going to games week in week out? Uh, I've not missed the hit on my wallet but <laughs> <laughs> um, they say it's the most important of unimportant things, and I really believe it is. Just, you know, seeing your friends, the game itself, everything about it, everything about the day, sometimes some smiling faces and the normality of it all. Uh, nothing compares to that buzz of when a big goal goes in, and we saw it during the Euros. But um, I must admit, like, after the Euros, I couldn't think of anything worse. Football was just dead to me for days <laughs> after that. And it's not until these last couple of pre-season games, getting the season card through the door. This last few days, I've really noticed like the excitement's building now. So going back to Dane Murphy then, Sarah, as we build a new season and try and get things going, what's kind of his immediate task in his inbox? We make you write those pieces, you know, the, <laughs> the things in their inboxes. Uh, what are his immediate jobs to try and get this, the ship on the right uh, on the right course? Because he talks about unity and true north and all that stuff. And I thought they were really good words. How, what's he got to do to, to get that going straight away, do you think? And he did speak very well. Um, I, I was really impressed with his interview. Um, get some signings in, I think, is probably the obvious answer. Make sure Forest do the right deals. Um, this summer, a lot of the focus has been on getting that right structure in place behind the scenes and, and Forest have got that now. They have been they've made a lot of changes. They have brought different people in with fresh ideas. And now it's about putting that into um into action. It's it, it's all very well speaking well, but then you have to to make sure you back that up. Um actions speak louder than words. And I we've said that a few times for for Dane Murphy, it's about making sure that Forrest get the right deals done, that he gets the players in that the manager wants, that they have a squad there that that's ready and capable of um, of challenging for promotion. It, I was I was trying to watch him last night. He was sat a little few rows in front of us in the director's box watching the game. He was sat next to Nicholas Randall and um, and Yanis. I thought he had a little notepad at one point, but I think he was just reading the programme, just having a, a little browse through. Um, but yeah, he, he seemed quite invested in it. He he seemed like he really got into the game and he was watching it quite intently. So it'd be interesting to see what he made of it and, and where he thinks Forrest do need to, 
to add to the squad and and hopefully he gets those deals over the line quickly. I think that's the most important thing. Um, you want a bit of stability. You want a bit of um, you want an identity. You want players in that are going to make a difference. We, we've mentioned before about younger players bringing the age. The, the, the average age down, players that can add something um, that can add a bit of excitement and, and help create, um, score more goals. And then that, that then passes on to the manager. Then it, then it's Chris Hewton's job to make the best of the squad that he has and, and get them challenging. Um, but in terms of behind the scene things, it's about having stability. It's about having people in place that, that can get on with doing a job and, and giving them... The breathing space to do that, um, and hopefully that proves to be the case at Forest now with this, with this um, change and, and the different kind of structure. Do you think there's going to be patience, and Sarah? You know, obviously last season they started like an absolute train wreck, didn't they? And you know, I thought it, w- it was the right decision to get rid of the Mucci, but Hutton now this is his first full season. He's going to need some some time, isn't he? Do you get the sense from the club that there is going to be a bit more? pragmatism around the forest this season um i think that, that that's probably a kiss of death if i say that but <laughs> there's pressure because forest want to get promoted that, that that's always going to be the case chris Hutton is under under pressure because of that um he knows that he'll need to make a good start like we've mentioned to get results to get forest at the top end of the table i don't think if they if they lose their first five games like they did last season, touch wood that doesn't happen. But I don't think we would see a change of manager in the same way we did um, with Sabri Lamucci. I think there will be a little bit more leeway. Um, but you know, any manager, energy, any club, if they don't get results, we all know what happens. Um, that's that's the life of being a football manager, unfortunately. Um, and Chris Hutton will be well aware of that. I guess, Greg, you'd like to see Hewton given every opportunity now, wouldn't you, to actually cement this as his, fo- well, not football club, but football team, wouldn't you? It's the famous Chris Hewton second season we keep Hopefully. hearing about, isn't it? It's like guaranteed promotion, I keep being told. Forrest has always been different. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we, it's starting well. I think we'd say you don't start well and all of a sudden everyone's heads are down, fans, players, people behind the scenes. So, Get that good start, and we've got a really good opportunity. You know, playing away on Sky, hopefully a lot of away fans there. We get some points at Coventry, and then it's like, right, it, the train's rolling now, rather than the train wreck that you meant, rightfully <laughs> mentioned. But um, I don't know. I like I say, I'm optimistic. I, a friend of mine's the most pessimistic bloke on earth, and we chat away, and we constantly disagree, but. Annoyingly, at the end of each season, he always seems to be right, and just for once, <laughs> I'd like like to stick it to him. I've just while Greg was talking, uh, scribbled down. Not annoying you, Greg, but scribbled down what I think could be the game, the team. If this was the squad that Forest had now, a team for the first game of the season, and whether we think this is good enough without any signing. So, Sarah, you or or Greg, feel free to disagree with any of these players. So, I think this would be the team for the first game that stands. Uh, 4-2-3-1 is normal. Samba, Gabriel, McKenna, Worrell, Blackett as a back four. Colback, Yates in midfield. And then Johnson, Carvalho or Lolly maybe uh, as a combination. Or, or, and Mighton. So three of those four uh, in behind Graben. 
So if Forrest had that team with a couple of signings, Sarah, I mean, how optimistic would you would you be going into the season? I think that's a pretty good team. As a first eleven, that's pretty strong, I think. Particularly if if we can't decide how Alex Mighton gets in there, if you're choosing between him and, and Brennan Johnson. Because Alex Mighton, I forgot to mention him earlier, he's been brilliant in pre-season. He's been far and away for his most creative player. Um, so that's a good sign, I think. It's beyond that first eleven that's going to be key. It's having that strength in depth and the different options and Perhaps at the minute, that's where Forrest were a little bit short. As a first eleven, I think that's really good and that's really strong, but you need options from the bench and you, you need players that can see you through if you get injuries, if you get suspensions, um, if anything unexpected crops up. And that's maybe where Forrest need to improve. You agree with that, Greg? Are you worried about a bit yeah. of depth there, maybe? The um, the midfield sounds strong, and you've got defensive and attacking options. And it, that, I really do think, and especially if we've got someone like Garner to come in, the midfield's about set, but we have to strengthen right up the top. And obviously, relying on this, you know, players like Gabriel and stuff. Hopefully, Worrell stays. We could, if not, we could be really like, short at the back. Um, so we have to strengthen. I, I think in those positions. But just hearing Lolly's name as well, he seemed to be injured or like sixty, seventy percent the majority of last season. If he's had a good pre-season and if he's fit, again, the the Joe Lolly of like twenty eighteen or whenever he had his really good season could be fantastic. And a player mm. I've not really thought about the last few weeks. Mm. Has he looked in pre-season, Sarah? He's come on in a bit. Has he, have he seen enough? No, I think not enough really to make a, a, a judgment. I think it's just about getting going again for him and getting his minutes up. He's not really had the opportunity yet to to get in full flow. He's had moments. He did last night. He looked better last night, I think. Um, he's someone that needs a few more games just to get back up to scratch, I think. It's been four months since he started a game um, before last night. So that's a long time. That's, that's quite a a long period without playing regularly and just being thrown straight back into it. But I think as pre-season gets gets closer to um, the real games, I think we'll see a bit more from him. What have you made of Blackett, Sarah? When I read that team out, a few people saying left-back's a weakness. I mean, is it too unfair to judge him at this stage? He didn't really feature much last season, did he? No. Um, when he did, I thought he did OK. Um, towards the end, of the, at the start of the season, well, both bookends, I suppose, the start of the season, I think it was QPR the first game, I thought he played left back there and I thought he looked pretty good. Um, and towards the, the end of the season, when he was playing a little bit more regularly there, he seemed to find his form a bit. Um, there was a spell in between where he he just struggled a little bit. Um He's he's done okay. He, he perhaps needs to get forward a little bit more in in that in that kind of system. You're relying on your fullbacks a lot to get forward and offer a different outlet and carry the ball up the pitch. And perhaps that's an area of his game where he he needs to work on that a little bit. Defensively, generally, he's okay, um, but just needs to offer a little bit more going forward. Hmm. Um, Owen Bailey makes an interesting point. Right, Colback did play left back for Sunderland. Uh, he had a, quite a long stretch there, actually. I remember. Well, maybe, you never know. Forrest might have to wheel and deal. I remember, like, sometimes you just get thrown into a bit of adversity, Greg. Do you remember, you know, when Paul Hart was just landed with this absolute mess to clean up and he brought through all the young players? And I don't, I'm not saying Forrest are in that position at all, but maybe Hughton being forced to do a bit of smart wheeler dealing might not be 
the worst thing in the world, to be fair. What do you think them how much money not a figure, Sarah, but do you think there's a bit of a sum out there to spend for Forest to strengthen, or is money going to be pretty pretty tight overall as it stands if they don't sell a player? Yeah, I think it's probably the same as a lot of clubs. It's fairly a, a, a tight budget because of what's happened over the last year. I guess if if there is a big sale, that probably changes it. Um, I don't think Forest will be splashing the cash round, and I mean they're not already bringing in players left, right, and centre. I think that's probably just the way the summer goes in general at the minute. Um, clubs are tightening unless you're in the Premier League clubs are generally tightening their belts and trying to be a bit clever um, and that's where the loan system can be helpful you can get decent players in on that and I'm sure Forrest will look at free agents as well um, just trying to be a bit clever with the business that they do uh, probably wanted to finish just talking quickly about Eric Lehigh who was uh, pictured with the under 23s in the training top I'm not sure if that's a permanent thing or not, if he's just helping out while he's without a club. Would you like the sound of that, Greg? Just Lehigh coming back to help out with the coaching alongside Andy Reid, that kind of Forest family type thing? Uh, with the under-23s, we've not done bad before using ex-players, have we? So if like Andy Reid sees fit, then why not? Um, that's one thing that's always been a positive with our club. You know, not just getting these old players back for their... Uh, twilight years but getting them back in productive roles after they've retired as well um so yeah why not let's see um, from, what, from what we're told he was it's not a permanent uh, okay he's just helping out i think i think he's just, he's doing his um his ua for b license i think and he the forest in in as they have done with other ex-players they seem to give him an opportunity and help out a little bit so i don't think there's anything permanent at the minute but who knows further down the line um there might well be uh you're off to crew next aren't you sarah is it on saturday it is do yes. you think talking of under 23s will we still see quite a few of them involved like hammond and um Finn back and guys like that or we maybe see a few filtered out now and really crank up the first team involvement a bit more yeah i, I thought that might be the case um last night i thought it might it was more of a senior starting 11 but a lot of the younger players were still given an opportunity from the bench. So I was a bit surprised about that. I thought that might um, that might not be the case. So I'm sure the closer we get to the start of the season, you're going to see more of the players that are going to be involved um, on a regular basis. And Chris Hewton said that Brennan Johnson will be involved on Saturday, which hopefully puts a few minds at, at ease. Um, I think we'll probably see a few more players more senior players get an opportunity. There's still some that are building up their minutes. Joe Worrell and Scott McKenna, they're still a little way behind some others in terms of the minutes they played. Lolly, obviously, um, there's there's just about rotating it and getting the balance and making sure everybody's right in terms of fitness. So I think we'll we'll see a strong start in 11, I think, and, and then maybe a few more changes again from off the bench. Right, I think we shall leave it there for this week. Uh, thanks very much to everyone who's watched along live. And if you listened on iTunes, do give us a good rating and a review because it does help. And if you're watching on YouTube, do subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Uh, Sarah, thank you very much. Thank you. And Greg, thank you very much as ever. Yeah, good speech to you both. Thanks very much, everyone. And we shall be back on Monday. Thank you for listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. 
We'll be back soon with another episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.